0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers confirm the signing of Rabi Matondo. Bolly Bolingoli leaves Celtic on a permanent deal and Lewis Ferguson moves to Bologna for £3 million. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Gordon DL. Yeah, a lot of movement going on just now, uh, Andrew, as we expect. Uh, not long to the start of this season, under three weeks now. Uh, pre-season games going on with Rangers and Celtic. You look at tonight, tomorrow, League Cup fixtures as well. Teams starting to prepare, starting to look forward to new players coming in and some players going out the door so plenty to talk about yeah loads of deals being confirmed today so if you've got any thoughts on that we want you to get in touch of course there's league cup games on tonight as well the likes of Hibs St Johnston Livingston in action tonight in the group stage and maybe it's pre-season that's on your mind with the league campaign not too far away we want to hear from you 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB but uh, I think we'll take a look at transfers first, Gordon, because as yeah. we said, there's been quite a bit of movement on that front today. There was one that we talked a bit about on the show last night. Rabi Matondo looked as if he was going to sign for Rangers. That one was confirmed today for a fee of around £2.5 million. The Schalke winger, who's also a Welsh international, signed a four-year contract and becomes Rangers' fourth addition of the summer so a couple of weeks ago it was Celtic that were doing mm-hmm. all the business now Rangers over the last few days they've signed Antonio Cholak they've signed Tom Lawrence and now Rabia Matondo has joined as well yeah I'm not surprised I think they needed a wide player I think um, we've been saying that for uh, the last few weeks they've, got a, they've left their cell a bit short there uh, don't know a lot about the lad I know that obviously the £11 million tag will definitely come to Glasgow with them everybody will be looking for the performances I don't go with the price tags now because you can pitch up with a, a big price tag like £11 million and be a failure you can pitch up with a price tag like Two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand pounds, like Arebo, for instance, end up going for six million plus add-ons could lead to ten million. You've got to give the lad an opportunity. I took the opportunity this afternoon just to the usual. I don't do a lot. Just have a a, a quick look in in YouTube. What sort of player was he? You know, was he pacey? Was he direct? And he, he certainly was uh, both those things. I think he looked very good. I've not seen a bad player on YouTube right enough uh, like every other supporter but I like to look of him um, got to give him an opportunity he looks very very pace indeed he looks very direct but it's like everything else when you come to Rangers and you come to Celtic you really got to hit the ground running because you'll be judged very early in this part of the country Yeah that final third for Rangers looks very different than it did just a week ago because, as I said, Antonio Cholak, Tom Lawrence, Rabi Matondo have all come in. That's really an area that Rangers have been extremely focused on over the past few weeks. Yeah, and uh, with uh, still, you know, two weeks on Saturday uh, before the, the league campaign kicks off, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one or two more added to that. Um, everybody talks about the middle of the park, Lawrence come in there, obviously, but... Um, Aribo going away I would like to see the opportunity of guys like rather than just keep signing players Young Lowry for instance for me I think could be given the opportunity I think he could be a real top football player I think he's got everything in his locker so as much as I think that signings excite supporters of course they do every fan 
around the country will be looking at players leaving their club and players coming in. Will it make them better? Will it make them stronger? What we sometimes forget is the young players who have been around the club for years worked very hard to get to a level of the first team squad but not given the opportunity. And I just hope that one or two in pre-season are given the opportunity to shine. Because I think given the opportunity, we've got young players that can grasp that. There's obviously so much competition in Scottish football and when Celtic and Rangers are vying for the title and battling it out each season, does that make it harder to introduce the young players like Alex Lowry and Leon King, for example, for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst because there's pressure on every single domestic game to win every single game? Yeah, of course it does. Uh, there's no doubt in that. Uh, it's OK for us pundits and ex-players or whatever sitting there saying give the young lads a chance but it's um, you're a couple of results away from you know being under pressure with your job when you're with Rangers and Celtic the demands are that high but somewhere along the line you've got to believe in these young players you look at I'll keep going back to it Ralston for instance everybody at Celtic Park thought you know we won't see him he'll be out the door he'll go and play uh, earn his trade somewhere else he's been absolutely terrific why? he was given the opportunity Lowry's been around, and I'm talking about him, he's been around the fringes. I like the look of him. I think given, you know, a run of games, I'm not saying being a permanent starter week in, week out. King at the back, I've been very impressed with as well. So there's young talent out there. I totally understand the two managers going and bringing in, you know, uh, good players, strength players, paying money for them, big wages for them, because your job is in the line, because it's a very important season. There's a lot of games, so the squad will be used. Rangers and Celtic need big squads. I know that Celtic and Rangers fans will probably be happy just now with some of the signings, most of the signings. Celtic today, ball and goalie, leaving the club, but that's good news, not in the fact that, you know, anything against the lad, it just wasn't there for him. It, it, didn't, it wasn't a fit with Celtic, but it frees up some money again for Celtic, especially in the wages size. Rangers adding to their squad. I'm looking at these two squads now and for me as much as I was so impressed with Hearts last year I thought they were brilliant um, you know they played attractive football they finished third Scottish Cup final I just see Rangers and Celtic getting further and further and further away from everyone Well let's hear from you on the phones whether it's the transfer business that's happening at your club no matter who you support we want to hear from you whether it's the League Cup games tonight whether it's what's happening at your club during pre-season 0141 951 1025 Michael is a Celtic fan up first in Liverpool Michael what are you thinking tonight? Uh, Yippee Balling goalie is away at last Andrew and Gordon (laughs) I'm so happy about that Um, but what I want to say guys is um, I'm a wee bit concerned uh, because I I think Celtic still need to strengthen for a midfielder, Gordon and Andrew mm-hmm. Wright, and also for a defender, and also for a striker as well, you know. I would have took a punt on Jordan Larson, you know. Uh, you know what I mean? He's, he seems to have a good, good wee scoring record he had in Russia and stuff like that for Spartak. But uh, I just, well, obviously we lost to and we lost to and that Sousa to Espanyol, but I'm disappointed in Celtic because I thought they would have went for that Matondo because he's very, very fast and Pet Guard, you all used to talk about him all the time and blah, blah. But for me, I'm a wee bit, I'm a wee bit disappointed that Rangers have got him now, so hey-ho. But I just don't want Celtic to be making up the numbers. But obviously we've got 20-odd days to go yet, guys, you know, for the for the, the transfer window to close and that. But 
I'm, it's, it's just been a wee bit quiet for me, you know, in the last week and a half or so. But um, and then Rangers have like kind of like plowed on. So, uh, but wee, that's my point tonight, anyway. Yeah, I'll put that to I'll put that to Gordon because quite often you'll hear Celtic fans and Rangers fans come on and they'll maybe talk down the signings of the the other club. That's just mm-hmm. natural in this part of the world. But Michael's quite happy to come on air and say, you know what, actually wouldn't have minded if. Robbie Matondo would move to his club. I, I think Michael's watched the same YouTube videos I've watched and uh, he was very impressive in it, let me just say. But going back to Michael's own team, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think the business, Carter Vickers and Jota, were the most important. They brought in a, a very, very good backup goalkeeper that's going to challenge Joe Hart for a number one spot. I think that's very good for Celtic. I think they look very strong. They've covered the left-back position, Andrew. But I totally agree with Michael. I think in the long run, uh, I think especially at the defence, centre defence, I know Julian's round about there, but I don't know if he... If Postacoglu really fancies him as uh, his sort of a player, I think he needs a bit of cover there. And midfield, yeah, I, I, I would see them strengthen there. And I totally agree. And and I know people might think, well, hold on a minute, how many strikers do you need? You need a few strikers. You really do. Um, especially ones that can play through the middle because it's a long season. And when you're playing with Rangers and Celtic, you're playing lots and lots of uh, football games and you need to rotate that squad. So I totally agree with the fact that I think Celtic will do more business, but I wouldn't be too concerned just now, because you look at the way this guy has handled the transfer market since he came to Celtic, and you've got to give him 10 out of 10. It's been absolutely brilliant. And uh, obviously, departure of bottom golly today, I think most Celtic fans will be happy with that bit of business as well. Michael, you've named your wish list there of the positions you want to see Celtic strengthen, and the transfer window is still open for a good while until you know the the end of August it, it normally is. So, are you quite relaxed about Celtic getting those players in? I hope so, uh, Andrew and Gordon. But Gordon's spot on as well. I want the next guy I want to leave is a Jetty because he's just sitting there taking a wage off Celtic, right? Um, but for me. I don't think Julian's really got it, guys. I know I've watched him and I've watched him in these pre-season friendlies and that, and he was absolutely rotten on Saturday against Rapid Vienna um, when he came on and stuff. But I'd like to see Celtic sign Antoine uh, Semenyo from uh, is it Bristol City. Yep. He would be amazing with Jota on the wing because uh, he's got a good scoring record and he's really really fast as well. Yeah, Gordon, he's a name I've seen linked with Celtic previously, but Michael was also talking about the outs as well. Mm. Albion Ayeti, you would assume, is one that Celtic are trying to work a deal for. They've got Ball and Ball and Golly out the door. Barkas is away as well. Ismaila Sorrow left over the weekend. Michael was talking about Christopher Julian as well. I think it's fair to assume not in Ange Postacoglu's plans, given the fact that he was almost away to Schalke, but maybe trying to play his way in there at the moment. But those outs are just important as the in sometimes. A hundred percent. And sometimes they're the hardest, especially when the lads are sitting in big contracts with big money. Andrew, um, I know that it's okay for a supporter to say, well, you're a footballer, go and play football elsewhere. But when you're picking up the sort of a salaries these boys will be picking up, you ain't going to drop that by a lot. Not not, not in today's uh, market and this world of, of footballing. And let me tell you right now, I don't blame them. Um, I think their agents will be working very hard behind the scenes with, obviously, uh, people of Celtic to try and move them on. And 
it's good for the guys to go. Bollingoli will be delighted to leave Celtic as much as Celtic are delighted to, you know, see see him depart because the boy is a professional footballer. He wants to play football. It didn't happen for him at Celtic. Doesn't mean that he's a bad footballer. How many people have came to Celtic and Rangers, i.e., and left with the reputation of being a poor footballer and want, went on to do good things? You know, you look at Pookie, for instance, that came to Celtic and everyone was delighted to see him leave. He was, he's been brilliant down south. Absolutely brilliant. It's just a fit. Didn't fit for Bollingoli. A Yeti didn't fit. Unfortunately, big wages. I, I disagree with Michael a little bit with uh, Julian. And the reason being, I'm not saying I'm his greatest fan. The lad's missed a lot of football. He's catching up now. Uh, he's had a lot of problems with his fitness. I think you've got to give him a bit of time. I don't know what's in Postacoglu's mind, whether he looks at Julian day in, day out, and thinks, yeah, I can get a tune out of him. I mean, the fact that he didn't really feature at all when he came back from injury last season, the fact that he almost moved to Schalke two weeks ago, does that maybe not say that he's not in Postacoglu's plans at all? No, football changes very quickly, uh, Andrew. Uh, I I go back to the fact that uh, I don't think that Ralston would have been in most people's uh, plans. What happened to Ralston was... He knuckled down at pre-season. He was given the opportunity with Postacoglu. I'm sure Postacoglu came in and he was looking at changing everything. He maybe thinking, well, I'll, I'll, I need to keep Ralston just now. Ralston was absolutely brilliant for him. Uh, so football changes very, very quickly. I'm not saying it's going to happen to, to Julian, but it could. Uh, but he's got a big price tag as well. They paid a lot of money for him. So they'll need to take a hit on that. It'll be in decent wages. He ain't going to sit there like a Yeti and just decide, yeah, Celtic won't ready me, so I'll take half my wages and go elsewhere. That ain't going to happen. So it is a difficult one, but I do believe Yeti, for instance, I do think about the building before the start of the season. I think they'll be working hard behind the scenes to try and cut a deal where both parties, like Bollingoli, both parties are happy to, you know, want to depart and, uh, you know, make way for other players to come in. Well, thank you to Michael, 01419511025 if you've got any thoughts on what's happening at your club at the moment. Just the details on that volleyball and golly move. It is a permanent move to Mechelen, who are in the Belgian top flight. He signed a two-year deal, and it's quite the, uh, I was going to say the word, legacy that he leaves behind in Scottish football I'm not sure that is quite the right word but just with everything that surrounded volleyball and golly a couple of years ago yeah. of course breached the Covid rules hadn't told Celtic that he was going on holiday came back ended up the you know Nicholas Sturgeon was was speaking about him there was a, an SFA band to follow went on loan to oh, he ended up on loan in, in Turkey as well and was mm. playing against Manchester United at Old Trafford in the Champions League group stages bizarrely and then went on loan to Russia earlier on this year right before their invasion of Ukraine. So it's, it's quite the story he's leaving behind us, I'll say. Yeah, and uh, probably like Michael, I think the majority of the Celtic fans will be delighted to see the back of him. Uh, you talk about all the... I'll get back to the one day that I think that uh, we're standing in the studio. It was at Fir Park when he had an absolute disaster that day. Uh, Mark Wilson, former uh, right-back, left-back, wherever he could get a game, um, constantly had a go at him. And uh, the lad just seemed to... It wasn't a fit for him at all. No matter how hard he tried, how many opportunities he was given, then on top of that, you, you mentioned a few things that happened to him off the field, which wasn't very good for him and Celtic Football Club. So I think a fresh start for everyone is the best outcome there. 
And um, I think like everybody else, you wish him all the best. A professional footballer didn't happen for him. He's moved on, and hopefully he'll go and get a successful career elsewhere. We don't do the full time teaser during the summer, but can you name the former Celtic player that he's now teammates with at Mechelen uh, in Belgium? Yeah, yeah the, um, the centre half. Nope. Centre half. Nope. Um, you're getting further away That's when it is, doesn't it? It does I can't remember that Marion Schved Marion Schved Who did not have a too successful time at Celtic either But yes, thank you to Michael If you've got any thoughts on what's going on at your club Whether it's the League Cup games tonight Transfers pre-season Give us a call 01419511025 You are the voice of Scottish football Call 1419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and Gordon I caught sort of half of a conversation when I was coming into the studio earlier mm. on you're you're not great with heights I'm sure no. I know this as a fact terrified so why on earth was I hearing that you've now volunteered to Abseil? I, I, I didn't volunteer really. I sort of I get coaxed into it by producer Callum, who caught me in a very off day, and especially after what I had to go through with the skydive, I sat about an hour and a half later having a bit of lunch, and I actually asked my daughter if I did agree to do that. So yeah, I will say this is for charity. This is just isn't a leisure thing. You're not just no, doing this do for. You, do you fun. think I would do this for leisure? I'm surprised you're doing it for charity. In all honesty, yeah, I'm. I'm taking one for a team. It's for cash for kids. So if I can get out there and help, but look, I'm not there yet. Uh, that's the most important thing. And my sidekick, when we start back the two hour show, I'm sure he'll help me out. I'm looking forward to what is going to be the worst Mission Impossible film of all time. 01419511025 on the phones. As I say, you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. That's what Colin McNeil has done. He says, hi guys, I'm a Rangers fan. Happy with the transfer so far, but I'd like to see Rangers sign Ellis Sims because Roof, I think, will be in and out with injury. He also wants to see a defensive midfielder brought in because of the same reasons for Ryan Jack. Ellis Sims is a name that has been banded about quite a bit do you think that will happen now that Rangers have signed Antonio Cholak could you see Rangers having Morelos Roof Cholak and Ellis Sims yeah I can uh, I keep going back to it I think that you've got to make sure that as much as you can see when everybody's fit oh we've got enough in that position as centre forwards I think you need uh, showed last last year with Rangers I'm, I'm sure that a lot of Rangers fans may argue the case that you know, if we had our number one centre forward to, and we had a centre forward, recognised centre forward, they could have possibly won that, obviously, but with the penalty kick situation. But I do think that with the fact of how many games now um, is put onto these players and the options that managers need against different oppositions, because you'll be coming up against top quality teams if you can, obviously, if Rangers can get into the, the Champions League group stages, Celtic are already there. I think you need a lot of options, Andrew. And I, I, I would guarantee you, if you go and ask any of the two managers, Poster Coglu or Van Bronckhorst, and ask them, would they take another striker? 100% they would. How tough is that as a juggling act, though, if you have, say, four senior strikers, and you're, they're all vying for one position, and they're all maybe expecting 
a certain level of game time is that not quite hard to keep everyone happy? Uh, well, I, I think I think it'll be down to good management. You, you look at um, Postecoglou just now; he had abundance of midfield players last year, and you've got to say, very good midfield players. He kept everybody happy. Um, you look at the top teams, for instance, uh, for Man City, the amount of players and the quality players that they've got. And if you're a good manager and you're a good man manager, you work it that, you know, you keep people happy and they're delighted to be a part of it, they're delighted to be the club, they, they wait for their opportunity, they know that they will get their opportunity because their big games come around the corner every weekend and the midweek, especially at the start of the season, Andrew. So I think the more you've got, the better chance you've got of being successful. Let's go back to the phones 01419511025 That's the number Brian A Celtic fan in Stirling Has dialed Brian Volleyball and Golly Has officially left the club Today Is that one you Thought was going to happen For a long time? Yeah I think uh, The right was on the wall With that one guys I think uh, Big Andrew stands Get rid of some of the dead wood um, But there's, there's one There's one guy I don't agree with I've heard over the last few weeks A few Celtic fans And that coming on And saying about Chris Julian I mean I don't, I don't really Agree with that I think fans are Are quick to forget a couple of years ago, this guy was like really good for us. I mean, some even like the Lazio games and stuff when we played in the Europa League, he was top notch. He scored the winner. He scored the winner in the cup final against. Um, I can't recall off the top of my head who it was, but do you know what I mean? Like, I, he's had a really bad year this year. He has a broken leg, and that's the reason he missed that terrible year we had. And um, yeah, I just I just think like fans are quick to forget, and I, I keep hearing fans. I'm glad Gordon kind of back back to back them up a wee bit there. Fans are quick to forget, and. Uh, I think the guy deserves another chance, to be honest, whether Ange punches him or not, so yet to be seen, but yeah, that, that was my point, guys. Brian, does it look to you as if he is going to get that chance, just looking at the lack of game time he got when he came back from his injury and the fact that he was nearly shipped out on loan a couple of weeks ago? I did, I didn't look like it, but um, what, what, what I will say, I think the guy needs time to get back up to speed because you had that horrific leg break. Um, playing for Celtic, obviously trying to keep, keep a ball out of your net, um, and then Ever since that, he's never really been able to get back in the team. I think he's still trying to get back to that, get get back up to fitness and stuff. But yeah, like I would just like to see him given another chance because I think a couple of years ago he was really good for us, and then he had that injury. And ever since then, like he's never really been back in the team. So um, I've got another point, guys. I don't know if you, you I'll, I'll put that one to Gordon and I'll let you come back in, Brian. Christopher Julian, you know, Ange Postecoglou is clearly planned without him because he has been out injured Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Starfelt have been Celtic's two starting centre-backs I don't know exactly what wage Christopher Julian is on but if he's brought in for £7 million it's he's not going to be a low wage that he's on so if he's not going to be a regular starter for Celtic would it then make sense for him to maybe be one of the players that they're looking to move on? I don't think it'll be financial uh, Andrew I think it'll be down to the manager I think the I totally agree with Brian I think sometimes we're, we're, it's very easy to forget quickly about players and I, I like Julian at times I thought he looked very good very comfortable I was there the day at Celtic Park when he injured himself it didn't look that bad and all, all of a sudden the lads missed so so much football he does need time to go up to speed. Now, the manager might look and think, right, OK, he ain't going to be at Celtic, but they're definitely going to have to have cover. It's, you talk about Starfield, Carter, Vickers. If anything happens to them, you know, they've not got a lot of cover in there at all. I would, um, sure, I'm sure that they're going to add to that if Julian goes out. But man, this manager works with him day in, day out. And he might just find something in him somewhere along the line and think, 
no, do you know what? I'm going to keep him. I don't think it'll be financially. I think it'll be a manager's decision. And it'll be interesting to see Julian's future in the next couple of weeks, what's going to happen to him. What was your other point you had, Brian? Uh, well, so Celtic's going into the Champions League this year. And uh, over the last few years, I think Celtic have been really lightweight in Europe. Um, they've got so many top quality, talented football players now. But what I think Celtic need is they need a bit of dig in the midfield. I mean, especially with the likes of Nier Beaton moving on. I just think we need somebody aggressive to come into that midfield and allow the other players we've got that can play football, allow them to actually play. Push Carl McGregor and that like a wee bit further forward and allow these guys to play football and have this kind of almost like a, a Wanyama type sitting behind them and mopping everything up. I think that's what Celtic's been missing over the last few years and we've not had it. That's an, that's another interesting one. I'm sure, I, I do think that uh, they will add to the middle of the park. Um, they've got good quality in there and every one of them are uh, they're very comfortable on the ball Andrew of that there's no doubt but it seems to be the way for Postacoglu um, I, I think Brian's maybe referring to a younger Scott Brown going in there and sitting and dominating the middle of the park and, and driving the midfield on and the front guys and whatever I don't know if that's Postacoglu's style I think he, he's more interested in the, the flair um, from back to because uh, the way he works with his two full backs getting into Midley Park overloads in there working the ball passing moving getting it to the front men pace Kyogo's movement so I think that the manager will have an idea of the sort of uh, the way he plays and I think we all have grasped Postacoglu's tactics and the way he plays he likes free flowing football he likes to be very much on the front foot Lots of energy, bags of energy going forward. So if that's the way he's going to play, and everybody says he'll not change, we could be we could be sitting here in a month or two saying, "Yeah, we were wrong in that," but I don't think we will. Then he may not be looking for that player. I think he'll add to the middle of the park, but he may be looking for another flair player, another Callum McGregor that can get in there and and play and pass and move and score goals and Hatati's in there, Turnbull's getting. You know, more game time now scored the other night there. So I I just think that Postacoglu, watching him with Celtic this season, he likes more of a flair player. I can totally understand the argument, Brian. I think a lot of coaches would be the same, thinking, you know, we need someone just to sit and protect the back four, protect the midfield players, protect the wide men. But I don't know if Postacoglu, that's his style. But it'll be interesting to see. Celtic had been linked with Vinicius Souza, who has now gone to Espanyol. He, by all accounts, seemed like that type of mm. defensive midfield destroyer rather than the sort of flair players that you're talking about. Brian's saying the possibility of bringing in someone like that in the bigger games in Europe and then allowing Callum McGregor a, a bit more freedom to go forward, maybe have less defensive responsibility. Could you see that happening at all? Or, you know, you look at the job Callum McGregor has done in that position for Celtic, does it make more sense to just keep him there? Cal- yeah, yeah. That that's a big question, Mark. Uh, I think it'll be a 50-50 split. Where do you think McGregor's uh, best position is? Is it sitting there picking up the ball off the, the, the two centre-backs and, you know, dictating the play from there? Is it just further forward where he can go and... Um, interlink with the, the front men score goals make passes those telling passes for Kyogo's runs and you know Jackamakis and people like Jota and, and stuff like that um, he can play both of that there's no doubt he can play both but he may bring in a sitting midfield player and, and tweak the system a little bit 
away from home in, in the Champions League. But he just strikes me as a guy that just likes to, likes f- players with lots of flair and lots of passing ability and lots of running. You look at Hatati when he got brought in as well. You know, his energy, his passing range, everything, scoring goals. Um, but he could mix it up a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see. But I definitely think he will add to the Midley Park. Well, thank you to Brian 0141951125 if you want to get in touch. There was a story that I was going to touch on yesterday, but we ran out a bit of time. Ange Postacoglu confirming on Celtic's pre-season trip to Austria that they're in talks with St Mirren over a move for midfielder Dylan Reid. Now, he made his debut for the club when he was 16. I think it wasn't even the season that just finished. It was the season before that. He played against Rangers. I think he's also played against Celtic as well. Just 17 years old. Reports of a fee of around £125,000. St Mirren also reportedly turning down an offer for Rangers for the teenager last week. But we're seeing a a really huge focus on youth players at the moment and recruitment of players around that age from both Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, but what disappoints me a little bit, uh, and, you know, people may disagree, I think that Rangers and Celtic probably get the best of the picks of the younger kids. And I think they've got young kids there with bags of ability in the building. Um, so you know you're going to St Mirren and you're picking up their best players and whatever you, if you're a Celtic kid you're thinking when am I going to get my opportunity I'm a young player here I've been brought up through the system I know the club uh, I know the way that the manager wants everybody to play I train every day with the Celtic youth players or the under 21s I'm getting coached the right way when am I getting my opportunity and then you see young players being brought in but it's just the way football is now um, and it'll be interesting to see if that move goes ahead but I, I went back to the beginning of the show Andrew I just think that we're talking about all these transfers and who Celtic are linked with who Rangers are linked with I believe that there'll be gems behind the scenes that need a little bit of an opportunity just a chance to show what they can do and I think they could step up to the mark and I hope that this season one or two whether it be Celtic or Rangers get that opportunity to show what their ability is all about. It's quite complicated now with the the Brexit rules that have been brought in and we've seen that English teams are certainly looking at the Scottish market for young players more. We've seen Ben Doak leave Celtic for Mm -hmm. Liverpool. We've seen Rory Wilson leave Rangers for Aston Villa. And I suppose Celtic and Rangers will be thinking, well, you know, if if we're going to get our top young talent poached from down south, we need to start replacing them with, with talent from elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, I whether to- people like it or not. I'm yeah, yeah, I, 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 to- I totally understand it. And I, I, you know, and if you're a St. Mirren fan, and you know the, uh, the Celtic Rangers come knocking, and what probably looks like a good deal, and take one of your best prospects that's been at a club and he's breaking into the first team, then you get a little bit disappointed. But that's just the way that the transfer market is just now. Um, but I just think it's. Um, you know the duty of Rangers is, and these these young players at Rangers and Celtic, they've been they've been there for a long time. And my day was completely different. What happened was you played in the reserves. If the centre forward get injured in the first team, you got an opportunity. You know there wasn't the money getting branded about like just now, and the big players coming in, and obviously managers under a bit of pressure because you've got a player sitting there on X amount, but you're playing a younger player. I just feel and I hope that the younger players and pick the right options as well, right? That's what is very careful now. You've got to be in football. If you're a young player, you've got to pick 
What is going to be best for you in your career? Going to Celtic and Rangers is fantastic for any young player in football. But the most important thing at that age is got to get game time. Look at Nathan Patterson, for instance, right? Now, the argument, the flip side of that is he'll probably be a very wealthy boy, and we totally understand that. But as part of game time, he looks back in his career now with the talent he's got. He's not played a lot of football. For the younger players like Dylan Reid, for example, Celtic and Rangers would come out and say, you know, we've got the, the B teams now. That means that, you know, these players can play men's football at a young age mm. and develop. But for someone like Dylan Reid, who has already been in and about the St Mirren first team, Ange Postacoglu is quoted as saying, you know, when he was asked about Dylan Reid, that, that's more of a, a sort of deal that's to do with the, the B team and the academy rather than anything that's to do with the first team. Does that then seem a strange move for Dylan Reid if he's then going from in and about the St Mirren Look, first team to playing in the fifth tier of Scottish football? We'll, we'll put it both ways. We'll put it financially, no. Uh, going to a club the size of Celtic, no. Absolutely not. Um, but if I look at it the other way, for progressing in his football career and playing games, then he's round about St Mirren's first team. He's going to be playing in the Premier League. He's not going to all of a sudden go from... You know, that he's not going to get into Celtic's first team. He's going to go in to Celtic's B team. And for me, I can totally take the argument of both sides of you go to a club the size of Celtic, you're getting probably a lot of money and, and wages at a young age. I take that on board. But football development, I think it would be better in football development staying at St. Lewis Ferguson is on the move to Italy. We'll bring you the details of that. We want to hear from you as well. 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And we want you to join us as well on 0141 951 1025, or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. I was just scrolling through Twitter there, seeing the, the starting lineups come out for tonight's League Cup matches, the likes of Falkirk playing against Hibs, Hamilton, Stranraer, St Johnston, Annan, Livingston against Inverness. So a good few games on the go tonight. There's a few more tomorrow as well. Kilmarnock, Partick Thistle, Aberdeen, Dumbarton as well. But these are the and obviously the first competitive games this group stage of, for a lot of the clubs this season. And fans will be excited to see some of the new players in action. Aidan McGeady getting his first start for Hibs. He'll be a, a player that a lot of people will be interested to see how he gets on back in Scottish football. Yeah, I agree. I, I think obviously the the start of the new season, League Cup, and um, as you rightly said, their fans will go along to see the new signers. Uh, managers will use these games, most of them, uh, the ones that they're very uh, confident they'll win, obviously. You don't want to start off the season on a bad note, but uh, there'll be a lot of squad players there as well, Andrew. And that's why I'm saying that if, you know, every season, uh, every club, someone will come through and surprise you. And all of a sudden, you'll find a star somewhere because during these League Cup games, for instance, during the friendlies, they're given a bit of an opportunity. The manager looks and thinks, oh, yeah, okay, um, let's let's try him next game and keep him working with the first team. And then the confidence grows from there. So there's a lot of good games. I'm sure the fans will be delighted to get football back again. 
Uh, I was going to say it's been a long summer, but it's not. It's been a very, very quick summer, and I'm sure players uh, realise that, but um, they'll just be delighted to play football. The fans will be delighted to go out there and watch some football, and as I said earlier, the serious stuff starts in, what, two weeks on Saturday, and I'm really, really looking forward to this season because I think looking at the transfers, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the two managers, especially two top managers, uh, Rangers and Celtic. I said earlier, I think that they're getting further away. I think the competition will be brilliant. Uh, I really do. And um, I think the standard of football with the players that are coming in and out of clubs are getting better. So I think we're in for a treat this season. 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. Let's take a look at Lewis Ferguson, shall we? Because today he completed his move to Bologna in a deal worth around £3 million. A 22-year-old scored 37 goals and 169 appearances for Aberdeen, but will now get the chance to test himself in the Italian top flight. And he feels as if he's been around forever, Lewis Ferguson, because he started so young at Hamilton and has been a mainstay in the Aberdeen team for about four seasons now. It feels like he's a lot older than, than 22. I've always been a big fan. Um, I really have. Um, I followed his career because I know his dad very well, uh, Derek, who was a terrific midfield player at Rangers. Um, but I'm a bit surprised that, you know, I thought that when he was leaving Aberdeen, I thought maybe one of the, the two big ones would have a, a little gamble on him. Um, I think he fits the bill. Uh, as you say, he, he played very well for Aberdeen, scored goals, very strong midfielder. I think he's got everything in his locker. But he's a lad that's decided, and you quite rightly say, I, I couldn't believe that he's still 22. Um, so he's decided to go abroad. A different style of football, which I think is brilliant for, for young players. You look at Hickey, for instance, who... You know, at Hearts, everybody thought he was a good prospect. He goes over he goes over to Bologna. All of a sudden, he's a Scotland international. So Ferguson will be going over there to make a name for himself. But um, I hope he does well, because I think he's got everything in his locker to be a top, top player. And especially at 22, the best is still to come from him. That hickey move looks as if it's had a big influence, not only at Bologna but in Scottish football as well because Bologna have decided to go straight back into the Scottish market after selling Aaron Hickey they've gone for Lewis Ferguson for around £3 million Hellas Verona are closing mm-hmm. in on a £3 million deal for Josh Doig as well so it looks as if these Italian clubs are stepping up and taking notice of the young talent that's coming out of Scotland Well I think you're right I, I certainly think it's uh, young talent uh, young boy Doig uh, Hibbs left back is a very good player I remember and, and he's got great character because I remember uh, one of the games I think it was at Celtic Park against Celtic obviously and he got hooked after 45 minutes he was all over the place but he, he kept going he kept going and he has a real real good fullback. Uh, yes I think that people recognise that we've got good young players here and of course when you've got good young players and, and other teams come calling Aberdeen 3 million for Lewis Ferguson is a good bit of business because they need to recruit some money back in. I think Jim's been, you know, well backed up there at Pataudry. I think the, the the chairman's decided to go all in with Jim as a manager this season. They're hoping for a a, a very very good season. And I don't think they're finished in the transfer market either. I spoke to one or two. I was up at St Andrews during the week there, and I spoke to one or two Aberdeen supporters. They're very excited about the coming season as well with the signings and everything and everything that's happening at Petodre. Uh But I just think that young Ferguson at 22, 
I think we'll see him going on to bigger and better things, let me say. I think that'll be a great education for him. Let's hear what Jim Goodwin had to say about it. He thinks it's a brave move by Lewis Ferguson to go to Italy. He also says they have a ready-made replacement and new signing Albanian midfielder Elber Ramadani. I had um, predicted that Lewis would possibly move on this window, which is why we tried so hard to bring in Elber Ramadani, who will be a, another terrific acquisition. He looks brilliant. He's in great shape fitness-wise. And obviously a top player. You know, he's, he's playing for... Albania regularly so um, you know he will be a good replacement for Lewis you know obviously I, I speak on behalf of everybody here that uh, we all wish Lewis the, the very best of luck in Italy I think it's a brave move I take my hat off to him you know there's a lot of uh, young players out there that maybe don't have the courage to go to a different country learn a new language and experience a different culture you know Lewis I've got no doubt will, will be extremely successful over there yeah, it's a lot of money that Aberdeen have brought in so far this window. Calvin Ramsey, first of mm-hmm. all, and now Lewis Ferguson. As you say, Jim Goodwin has been given that money, or, or some of the money anyway, I think. Boyan Miovsky, the striker they signed, that was a reported fee of around £500,000. So if you're a manager that is coming in to a team like Aberdeen who were in serious need of a rebuild this summer, given what happened last season, Jim Goodwin would be delighted. Yes, he's losing two key players, but mm-hmm. he is getting money to spend to do it his way. Yeah, and he's brought in uh, a, a few loans as well. I think Jim's went in the transfer market and worked very hard. He realised that, uh, you know, when he went up there um, at the end of the season, he had to revamp the full club. He really did. He had to move players on. He had to he had to put his stamp on it, as they say, uh, for a new manager getting in there. Because Aberdeen, you know, they've got the, the reputation of being a very, very big club and they demand so much up the north. And if Jim doesn't go off to a good start, he immediately comes under pressure. But he's going to do it his way. Um, I totally agree with him, with, with Ferguson. Is it a brave move? Uh, I don't know about brave. I think it's a very good move for him. I think that even at 22, if he goes over there... I suppose but, he means brave that there's just not a lot of Scot- young Scottish players that would do similar. No, because it's, it's not a common thing. I think, I think Ferguson's one of these lads that believes in his own ability, that he can go over there and make his mark. I think he's using that as a stepping stone. We've seen many players coming from uh, foreign clubs to Scotland as a stepping stone. I think Ferguson's using that because I do think that if he keeps progressing and we get back to it at 22, the amount of games he's played, the experience, the high level he's played it, played in the Premier League week in, week out with Aberdeen, scored goals was a big, big part of it. Big part of Derek McInnes's, um you know, thoughts at Aberdeen. Obviously, Jim Goodwin, I, I'm sure, didn't want to let him go. But when the three million pound comes in, then it's an offer they can't refuse. Aberdeen's business has been good this season financially. You know, as you say, the, the Ramsey going away, Ferguson going away, recruiting good money, and it's given Jim the opportunity. Okay, they've not went out there and spent three and four million pounds in players, but what they've been able to do is get a bit of quality with better wages Andrew and it gives you a better player so it'll be interesting to see how Aberdeen hit the ground this this season Yeah I'll be keeping a keen eye on how Lewis Ferguson gets on over there and Josh Doig as well when that move goes through plenty of League Cup games on tonight but that's all time uh, all the time everything we've got time for tonight mm-hmm. uh, thank you to Gord DL thank you for all your calls and for all your tweets I'll be back tomorrow night with Roger Hanna and up next it's Callum Gallagher